Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio. This is your host, Daryl Amy, growth architect, helping great companies grow revenue. I am so excited about our conversation today with Carson Hetty. You are going to get some extremely valuable insights directly from the field from one of Microsoft's top enterprise salespeople. But as we get started, I want to let you know how excited I am right now. This is an exciting time to be in business. Are there challenges? Absolutely. But I want to challenge every one of you to look at this as an opportunity to drive and thrive. Inside the C-Suite Network, we've been talking about the importance of driving and thriving as we move forward, keeping our foot on the gas. You know, this last week, in fact, during the entire uh, quarantine, I've been teaching my 15-year-old son how to drive. And we live on the top of a mountain. So as you leave our neighborhood, there's a series of curves to get down the mountain. And one of the things I noticed as he was first learning to drive those first few nerve wracking sessions is as we'd go into the curve, fortunately, he would he would hit the brake. And I'm thankful for that. However, I had to coach him to go, you know what, you do have to hit the brake going into the curve. But as you leave the curve, you need to hit the gas and accelerate out of the curve. I think that is a great analogy to where we are right now in the business world. Certainly, this uh, journey of business is no longer a fast, straight track. There's definitely been some curves in the track. But as we figure out a strategy and move forward, I think it's very important that as we move through these turns that we don't forget to hit the accelerator. And that means we need to get very strategic and intentional in terms of revenue growth. So whether you're a business owner, whether you run a sales team, you lead a marketing team, All of us are responsible right now for accelerating. And so every week on the Revenue Growth Podcast, that's exactly what we want to do. We want to bring you practical ideas and strategies that you can put to work right away to help build and execute plans to accelerate revenue growth. Well, last week we had a fantastic conversation with Matt Dixon. And in that conversation, especially from the challenger customer research, Matt revealed that on average, there are over 6.8 decision makers in the average B2B sales transaction. Today's guest, Carson Hetty, is a senior enterprise account executive in the health and life sciences division of Microsoft. And Carson can not only validate that, he also brings an additional twist into the mix. Most of the deals he's involved in not only have multiple decision makers and influencers, but there are also multiple people on the sales team as well. And that brings some interesting dynamics. And Carson is going to bring some wisdom today that I believe you're going to find very, very practical. Now, if you don't know Carson Hetty, you're really going to enjoy getting to know him. Not only is he an enterprise rep with Microsoft, he's also the best-selling author of the Birth of a Salesman series. He is consistently ranked in the top 20 sales gurus in the world. And not only that, he's ranked in the top 50 sales authors on LinkedIn with over 330,000 social followers. 
This guy knows how to get things done. He shows up with his sleeves rolled up and he is an excellent sales rep and an excellent leader. And I think we're going to learn a lot from Carson. So grab a pen and a notepad and let's join this conversation with Carson Hetty. Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast, Carson. How's it going today, man? Daryl, it's going great. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to chat. Hope you're well. Yeah, doing really well. And um, thank you for joining us. Obviously, you know, as we've been chatting in the podcast, I think it's, it's very evident that we're in very interesting times. But, you know, in the middle of all of this, um, especially in the world in which you live, we're selling to teams at our clients' offices. And we're also selling from teams. And I know that's certainly true in your role at Microsoft. Tell me a little bit about um, how, how you work and, and with a team to approach clients and prospects nowadays. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, definitely an interesting times. And I hope you and all listeners are safe and well, uh, not only you, but your loved ones and colleagues. Um, yeah. You know, really, it's it's a time for for people and connection and relationships, and I think that speaks to the team mentality. Um, not only internal team, uh, you know, within your own organization, your peers, your colleagues, um, also the folks that um, you know, maybe the vendors and the partners that you're working with, uh, and then also the teams that you're selling to ultimately within the client organizations. My day to day has changed uh, a great deal, but at the same time, it's it's been. Um, it's been very illuminating. I actually work in the healthcare space. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of interesting dialogue, but um, I think the general themes very much stay the same. It's about, uh, you know, where can I add value? And, and when I say these things, they transcend to everywhere on the sales food chain. So be it uh, the people that I'm working with on my team, also extending to the, to the partners and the clients, um, where can I add value? Um, you know, there's a lot of folks within, uh, organizations that are, you know, they're, they're pivoting, you know, there's, they've got to enable remote work. Um, you know, they have to, uh, try to make sure that they can address some of the new needs that have come into prominence. Um, and they've, you know, they've got a, a team to manage as well. Um, and all kinds of morale and, uh, you know, just different things that they probably didn't anticipate. So I think, Part, part of that is making sure you understand where those needs are, um, being available, um, you know, checking in with folks. And frankly, I've done some of the most passive, uh, if you know anything about me, I'm pretty assertive, mm-hmm. very no communicative, um, but I've done some of the most passive sales outreach that I've ever done in my career just over the last few weeks. And a lot of it is just being respectful, making sure that we are gauging milestones and kind of things that we've already agreed upon and timelines that we want to be respectful of those types of things. Um, there's a lot of similarities to the day-to-day uh, working with teams in you know today's day and age. Um, but at the same time, there's, there's a pivot uh, because you're trying to be respectful of of uh, where they are in their, their situation. My relationship with my internal teams um, it's it's about understanding how they get paid, um, you know what their uh, functions are and are not, um, getting their buy-in, um, you know, making sure that you build consensus with your team. I have probably 
in any given deal or account, I may work with 15, 20 different people. Um, so it's, it's paramount that I make sure that I'm communicating, uh, but also that I'm getting their buy-in, getting their, um, you know, even if I don't necessarily plan on uh, doing everything that they say to do, uh, it's very critical that you hear them out and you get feedback from them. On the flip side of that, if I'm working with different partners and vendors, uh, very similar uh, talk track, you know, I've, I need to empower them. Um, I need to make sure that they feel the support uh, from the uh, larger organization and from our team uh, that I'm bringing resources to bear that can help, uh, you know, make, help them win. Um, mm -hmm. And then finally, you know, with the customer relationship, the most important of all, um, my job is to be their evangelist, their advocate, uh, making sure that I understand their needs well enough uh, that I can articulate that story back to the team and then find the right resources to match. So um, those are the types of things that make our teams hum on a daily basis, not only in the time of COVID-19, uh, but all day, every day. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm just for the listeners, Carson, you've got a quite a cool role at Microsoft. Paint the picture just a little bit in terms of what an average sales team, a customer engagement team looks like for you. It's not just uh, you and your, your peers at Microsoft, it's also partners going in as well, right? So you say up to 15 people sometimes. Wow. We, uh, so yes, I do have a cool role. <laughs> I've been here <laughs> six years and um, I've never been more challenged or um, nor have I learned more uh, especially about even just the team, the team selling approach uh, that mm -hmm. I have in, in, in these six years at Microsoft. Um, the team dynamic is very interesting because, you know, yes, you have different specialists that have, um, you know, they could have a different discipline um, of different components of business that we sell, whether it be collaborative tools, whether it be public cloud, whether it be data, um, there's different specialists that work in each of those buckets. Plus, uh, there are technical resources, um, many the many to choose from, um, and then there's uh, you know different folks that have uh, industry specific disciplines as well. So um, currently, I work in the healthcare facet. My previous role, I worked in mid, small, and mid size, so I had every industry. Um, so it's part of the. Uh, you know, the most important knowledge that you have is really knowing what resources exist, understanding the different disciplines that folks fall into. But as you mentioned, Daryl, the, the partner ecosystem is very robust. Um, they often will create IP that just happens to leverage and sit on um, our technology stack. So um, it adds immense value for our organization, um, but also for clients because it can be um, it can be niche technology. It can be made specifically for a vertical. It can even be created for a specific client, and then it's repeatable. Um, so there's a lot of different things that fall into that. Um, so the team makeup is very interesting because it mm -hmm. could uh, it could incorporate people internally, different specialists, different industry verticals, um, different disciplines. Uh, but then also it could enlist partners. And sometimes, I, I mean, there are. Um, there are deals that could uh, avail several different partners on just to make one deal happen, just due to wow. some of the different customizations, the deployment strategy and schedule, uh, who does the, um, you know, the, the services business. Uh, so there's a lot of different pieces to the puzzle and in any given um, client scenario, uh, I mean, there could be 20, 25 different hands that touch uh, even the most, um, what we would consider uh, basic or standard deals. 
Wow. Wow. It's, uh, you know, it's interesting as I, I reflect back on, on my career, I've spent time working for a technology provider. I've spent a lot of time working for and with, with partners at the partner level. And, you know, the, the sale nowadays, especially for anyone listening in the B2B space, which is, is the majority of our listeners, um, it can get pretty complicated. And, and I'm just curious, like, is, as you look back over the past couple of years in this role and, and working and coordinating all of this, um, all of these people um, around pursuing a common objective of winning the deal and, and supporting the client, I'm curious, what are some of the biggest things that you've learned in terms of how to do that successfully? Because it seems like there's got to be so many pitfalls that you've got to avoid. Yeah, sometimes I've learned them uh, by mistake, uh, some <laughs> of those pitfalls. Um, my first year was really good for that, uh, you mm -hmm. know, just not being afraid to uh, to try things, to ask. Um, you know, I've, I've learned one really common overarching theme in all that, Daryl, and it's mm -hmm. get as many people in the boat with you as you can. Um, and obviously the ones that make sense, but uh, don't be afraid to, to ask, um, you know, specific folks uh, to, to weigh in. Um, I, I think developing, specifically if it's a complicated or complex deal that requires a common objective, you know, I think having a lot of communication, sometimes a cadence, mm -hmm. um, sometimes the most complex deals that I've had, I mean, I've had daily, uh, if not at least bi-weekly, um, you know, sessions specifically uh, on that deal and, and keeping everyone up to speed. Um, because the most important thing is making sure that everyone is on the same page. I mean, you have to go on the journey together. Um, it, it's the last thing you want is for somebody to miss a, miss a step, um, miss a critical step. Mm -hmm. And then you fall out of, uh, you fall out of sync. Obviously one person typically is going to, um, you know, own the cadence, own the overarching uh, deal itself. Um, however, there's, you know, a lot of different people that can emerge as leaders as you build, um, you know, certain parts of a complex deal. And just speaking from some of the ones that I've worked with in the past, I mean, you know, often if it's a very complicated deal, it's very likely a high exposure and maybe high risk deal as well. So you may have mm -hmm. an executive sponsor. Um, so it's making sure that you're not only bringing other people into the boat with you, but bringing the right uh, level of exposure within your organization. You know, we talked earlier about being an advocate and an evangelist for your client. Mm -hmm. Part of that responsibility is making sure that you can bring back to your organization and, and effectively articulate, hey, th these are their goals. This is why I see a fit here. There may be a compete situation. Mm -hmm. um, there may be uh, folks that have a certain degree of experience doing similar things. Those are the people we want. Mm -hmm. um, so I think part of it is assembling the team. I always look at it like assembling the Justice League or the Avengers because I mean, <laughs> that's great. You are you're you're putting together a, the superhero team that is going mm -hmm. to drive this forward, and everybody's valuable in that. Um, fortunately, you know I, I've I've worked with some really good teams. At, you know I try to um, encompass everything that's transpiring from a notes perspective and communicating that out to folks regularly, um, so that you know if we have a session, we have a cadence. Some people aren't always going to be able to make it, but uh, we send a recap to that. So I think some of the key things is making sure the right team is there, mm -hmm. making sure you've got the right executive sponsorship and leadership. 
the right people in the boat, um, also that you're communicating, that you've put forth a cadence. And then finally, if I were to really encapsulate this into maybe a few bullet points, I would say that you have very established and defined milestones. Mm -hmm. um, you've got to map out what, what are the steps that our two organizations, or it could be multiple, but the organizations that are involved need to have between now and closure. Um, I mean, there's a variety of things that come into play. You know, legal teams have to review contracts uh -huh. and who will be signing and what does the organization that we're selling to need to see or experience before we get from milestone A to B to C and so forth? Um, how long does it take to put together the contract? Who all has to uh, review and bless it? What revisions are going to be required? So uh, mm -hmm. you've got to really understand those parameters, uh, but put forth those milestones. And if you've got the right people following the right process, you're on the right path. Um, of course, there will be things along the way that uh, will try to <laughs> jar the boat a little bit, but um, that's why it's so important to have that framework in place so that you can uh, control as much of that as possible. Mm, yeah. Wow. Such, you know, it's interesting just listening to this and thinking about this with you. It, there are two, two core skill sets that seem to be rising to the surface when it comes to this, the team selling approach. One is leadership, which is being able to keep everybody aligned around a vision and um, being able to resolve conflict and, and all of that. And the second is project management. Those, without those two skills, I can see you getting in the ditch pretty quickly on something like this. No question. Um, I think that, and if any seller will probably tell you, I mean, they've learned just as much, if not more, from some of the deals that might have uh, not gone the way they anticipated. Right, always. Awry, because yeah. then you have those aha, gotcha moments in the ninth, um, in, you know, in the ninth inning, the 11th hour, where you're able to see, well, my goodness, um, this is what, this is really what it can entail. And these are some of the, uh, especially as you're negotiating um, or you're ensuring that all of the steps are hit, um, you know, exactly what that entails and how much time you need to allot for those things to transpire. And I think you're right, Daryl, it's because leadership for first and foremost, you know, being able to effectively, you may not, these folks may not all report to you. Um, mm -hmm. However, it's very important that you establish if you're leading that team, um, that you know there is there is a mutual respect there you understand all of their priorities you understand what gets them paid what's their horse in the race mm -hmm. um you know what's their input uh what is their contribution where can they best uh be of of, of value for this deal uh, but then furthermore the project management side as you mentioned making sure you're keeping things on task you know the mm -hmm. communication making sure we're hitting these milestones, et cetera, because um, it's very sequential. But you've also got to be able to keep a steady hand on the wheel as things go awry. Speaking of, I mean, right now, there, there is a time where a lot of deals that were in flight have probably or could have lost momentum or they look different. Right. And, um, you know, I think that's why it's so critical to be able to, um, you know, understand that, um, you know, come back with some uh, contingency plans or to be able to pivot and adapt uh, in light of changes that may arise along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Such, such a important time. And in, you know, it, it's interesting. I've been just in so many conversations recently, just realizing that 
a crisis like we're in right now, kind of it's it's very revealing, right? Stress fractures or stuff that is uh, that wasn't taken care of before bubbles to the surface pretty quickly. And um, you know, I think one of the the best takeaways for uh, teams that are are that selling as teams is really to make sure that you've got these processes in place, these, you know, the, the cadence, the project management, um, all of that documented and everybody aligned because when things shift like they have right now, you're in much better place if you, if you did that hard work before. And if not, you're really scrambling right now. True. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer in people and process, you know, get, mm-hmm. having making sure that the right people are involved and focusing on people. And that's that could be internal. That could be uh, with client organizations, uh, but then also process to your point, mm-hmm. making sure that those things are, um, you know, are, are laid out, that you have the foundation for success in place. Without it, there will be no success. It will be, um, you know, it will be quite clustered and it will create chaos. And, um, you know, so I think now more than ever, it, it, it's paramount that those types of things exist. You know, it's interesting that you, that you put it that way, that uh, within a, a crisis, there's a lot of things that are exposed. Um, there's some great things out of that. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen people and organizations that have fast-tracked things that they've known that they've needed to do for a long time yeah. that, now they have that framework in place. So I applaud, um, you know, the people and the organizations that are able to quickly adapt and say, hey, we've got to do this. We've got to put this in place. Um, and that they've been able to address that quickly. Because let's face it, I mean, there's a lot of priorities within organizations and it's impossible to do all of them at once. But um, I think you've seen several that have very quickly adapted and um, addressed the immediate need, which is great, um, especially for remote work and doing that mm-hmm. securely and safely, um, keeping teams engaged. Um, but then on the flip side of that, you know, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's all process oriented. And if you have a very compelling business need and you've really done a true needs analysis mm-hmm. and you're addressing the priorities of an organization, those things aren't going to die on the vine in the midst of a crisis. I mean, they're there, they may get mm-hmm. pushed, the milestones mm-hmm. might get pushed a little bit, but those conversations are still going to transpire. So um, nudge them, don't push, nudge them, be respectful, uh, reiterate, hey, we have these milestones that we established, we're critical to get this, this uh, you know, this progress, this project, this deal done? Um, where is that? Where does that fall in the pecking order? Are there other things that I might be able to help with in the interim? Um, you know, I, I've seen some things where we had projects that were in flight that frankly, we, um, you know, kind of re-architected the solution a little bit to make it mm-hmm. make more sense in this time. So, you know, I think it's, it, it challenges you to creatively approach those, but you're so right, Daryl, because process is everything. Boy, it sure is. You know, just thinking about process and reflecting back to to my my time, I still work with a lot of of companies that are partners to companies like Microsoft, and and um, you know, it, and so as a salesperson inside a channel uh, partner like that, um, what what advice would you give to channel partner sales teams in terms of? driving more successful um, relationships that in, I guess what I'm asking Carson is if you were to sit down and, and list out, like what would you say to a channel partner sales team to, to make their relationships with their technology partners more successful? 
I love that question, Daryl. Um, I think it speaks very much to what we've been talking about, but it takes a little bit different tone because each channel partner obviously brings a unique skill set to the table. Mm -hmm. um, there's a differentiating factor, right? I mean, I, I talk to folks all, all the time that have maybe very similar solution sets, but there's, there's a differentiating factor and there's something that is niche about them. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the common thread for a lot of these folks is passion around these solutions Mm -hmm. um, it's relationships, you know, it's the same thing as any seller, right? I mean, that's all that really matters is the relationship and then your ability to evangelize that appropriately and then, uh, advocate for your customer when you come back to the table at, at your own organization. Um, so, I mean, I think now more than ever, it's, it's your network that matters and mm -hmm. it's being in a position where you can add value and, um, be present and be communicative and frankly some customers are going to need you in ways that you never would have anticipated and then there's others that may not right now but that doesn't mean that you disappear it, it means that you stay present and find a way to be timely and here's an example so some of the most interesting conversations that i'm having right now with channel partners are around okay perhaps they've created a solution that really speaks to the time we're in mm -hmm. and how can we amplify that message together? So I'm in a unique position in my organization because of um, some of the connections that I have and the way that I can amplify things via social media as an example. So how can we collaborate to mm -hmm. get the word out on some of these types of things and be more informational, be a resource, because frankly, those are the things, Daryl, that are going to stand out right now. Um, they're yeah. going to remember that that seller, that partner, they were a resource at a critical time when things were uh, when things were challenging, when things mm -hmm. were confusing. Um, they were a resource. They were there. They were helpful. Um, you know, I've uh, there's a lot of conversations that are happening right now where folks are you know, they're, they're trying to make cutbacks. Um, mm -hmm. you know, they're trying to figure out how they're going to press forward. So I think there's also got to be some grace. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there's got to be that ability to um, try to meet people where they are. Uh, but I think that can be applied to a selling motion all mm -hmm. the way to just a, a, a customer, partner, client dynamic. Um, so I mm -hmm. think it's show grace be present, try to find ways to add value. Um, and, you know, try to find different ways to still present the information in a way that it's, it's there. And, uh, you know, I think you may be surprised, um, with the results that you yield. I, frankly, you know, we've had a lot of very interesting conversations right now, uh, just by trying to find ways to be timely and add value with information. And that's where we're having conversations. So um, I think those types of approaches go a long way in this day and age, and frankly, in any day and age. I think you bring up a really good point, though, because so much, uh, you know, so, so many sales coaches and, and thought leaders have stressed the importance of empathy uh, during, you know, this season. And of course, absolutely 100%, we've got to be empathy, empathetic, we have to show grace. Um, you know, clients are going through an incredibly stressful time on uh, both a, a business level and some on a personal level as well. However, 
I, I love what you said, because I don't think we just stop at empathy. I think the other thing that we do as sales professionals, and this goes to our marketing um, professionals in the audience as well, is it's important that we really truly become a resource right now. I mean, this is not the time for canned uh, marketing messages and old you know, sales presentations. This is the time to really have the conversation internally and with the clients and sit down and put your thinking caps on. And, and I love actually one of the bright lights in the middle of all of this, Carson, that I'm seeing out there right now is what you're saying. It's a lot of innovation and companies going, oh my, how, we got to add value. How can we add value right now? And I hope we carry that forward out of this crisis because I think that's been one of the best things that's happening inside so many uh, companies right now. I saw a an organization that's not in my uh, territory, but one that I was familiar with in my previous uh, Microsoft role. Um, I mean, their target audience is closed right now. Um, and so they face some unique challenges because that was their entire business. However, uh, they flipped their entire dynamic right now. Um, if they were agile enough to be able to flip their entire dynamic to cater to that uh, clientele in a different way. And mm -hmm. I think that's what you're seeing right now. It is, it's, it's, empathy is very important. I mean, you know, I, I've got a thing that I've said where, you know, there are, there's some folks that are infected, but everyone is affected. And I think right. it's, it's the, it's the time where you, you need to understand where people are and, that's one to one, but it's also one to many. It's understanding like if you've got a specific clientele or vertical that you touch or cover, understanding where they're coming from um, and understanding the different dynamics that they're, you know, that they're facing. Um, I, it's, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think it's, it's really figuring out where can I be of value right now? Um, Cause this isn't permanent, but those who are finding ways to differentiate and, finding ways to add unique value right now, that's going to potentially, number one, open up another whole business channel uh, once things go back to any semblance of normalcy. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, think about the way that that could even add, um, you know, new clients, new logos. So, I mean, there's so many implications there. So, I mean, again, I, I applaud the folks that are really thinking about it uh, from that vantage point and trying to figure out how do I add new and unique value in this time um, because of the new needs that have arisen. I mean, that's what a seller does. That's what a business does, right? They, they meet their clients where they are and they provide value that's specific to the needs that exist. Mm -hmm. And what a great, um, what a great opportunity for selling teams to get together, um, sit down, I was going to sit down, get on Zoom, WebEx, whatever, uh, Microsoft Teams, Team. of course. And, um, and, and what a great opportunity to sit down and, and say, okay, you know, we got 45 minutes right now. Let's, let's put our thinking caps on. Let's brainstorm together. Um, you know, and let's really as a team look at and listen to what we're hearing and see if we can come up with something. And I think that type of, uh, you know, as sales teams, when we're blowing and going and, and, you know, it's hard to, to do that. And maybe that should be part of the cadence of a good sales team is just that debrief time, uh, maybe unpacking deals that went well, that went poorly, 
and and then now saying what could we bring to the table in terms of insight and innovation that'd be valuable to our clients it is um I think there's a mix. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of, because everybody's in such a different mindset from one mm -hmm. another. I mean, there, there's a lot more disparity right now in mindset than there's ever been before. Cause you've got some folks that uh, th there is a lot weighing on them. Um, and then you've got others that are struggling with the change of their rhythm of business. Um, so that's why, I mean, I've seen a lot more one-to-one uh, -one dialogue, you know, from leaders to sellers. Um, and also like, you know, the, the, the advent of the virtual happy hour, right? I mean, you've right. got these times where people can let loose a little bit yeah. and, and, uh, you you need that because it's, mm -hmm. you know, especially if you're at home all day, every day, um, it's, you know, that kind of thing can take its toll on you if you're not getting, um, you know, some break in that, in that monotony. So, you know, I think you're, you're spot on Daryl. It, it's, no better conversation to have right now with teams than to look at, you know, maybe it's again, because you probably share a client, you share a, um, a play that you run together, uh, mm -hmm. you may share a vertical, you may share a territory. Um, mm -hmm. No better time than the present to be completely non-territorial about mm -hmm. everything. And to really try to uniquely look at different ways to build relationships. Um, you know what I'm fascinated by too is um, when you when you work well within teams and you're non-territorial about the relationships. Um, you know, some of my best clients that I've ever had. I mean, like my boss had a great relationship with this member of the C-suite. I had a great relationship with a different member of the C-suite. One of my other specialists that I work with had a great relationship with a totally different member of the C-suite. So mm -hmm. being able to bounce ideas off of each other and then go out and leverage the relationships that we had because we had that strong bond, uh, no better time than the present to really figure that out. And I think that's why working well as a team matters so much in a time like this, because I don't care if somebody on my team has a better relationship than I do with a certain person at an organization. That's great. How can we get information from them to figure out how we can better support them? That's fantastic. And vice versa. If I've got a strong relationship and I can bring more value to my team because I can leverage that relationship to get things moving where they were not having success, let's do that. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's all about collaboration and, um, Right now, collaboration, again, it looks a little different, but the value is very strong. In fact, maybe stronger than it's ever been. So um, I agree with you. I think uh, getting together, brainstorming on ways that you can add value for each other. I mean, I always think of it as almost like a sales bubble. I mean, it starts here and you know, you've know, you got your team and then you've got your partner ecosystem, you've got your clients. Um, you wanna focus on you know, your team and your people and how do I help this unit um, because you can't help the others if you aren't strong here first. So um, you collaborate with your team, figure out how you engage uh, the right partners, um, how you can deliver that correct message to the partner ecosystem like we were talking about before, the, the right channel partner messaging. And then how do we collectively and with strength and with cohesiveness go out um, you know, to the clients uh, with a uniform message and um, with a unified front to help. And what a, what a great message. And you know, what I love uh, above all of this, Carson, it just listening to you and listening, even just your tone of voice and all of this is, and this is what we've been saying on the podcast from its beginning is the people that are going to carry 
our companies and even our very country forward out of this recession are the people that are, are willing to drive and thrive. That, that yes, empathy, yes, being sensitive, but also, you know, just saying we're gonna not gonna hit, not gonna hit the pause button. We're gonna keep moving forward. And Carson, I just get the sense that that you're doing that uh, well, and you're 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 in the game. And uh, for that, man, just thanks. And and I'm I'm beyond um, just all of the great advice in this and selling selling uh, from teams. I'm just inspired. So thank you so much for sharing time with us today. No, I appreciate that, Daryl. It's always a pleasure uh, chatting with you anyway, yeah. and I, I appreciate the opportunity to catch up. I'm glad you're well. I mean, you know, really it is. It's it's all about a pivot. Um, mm-hmm. There's never, you know, a, it's things can stall and things can change, but we've got to be able to adapt and pivot and really keeping people at the heart of everything that we do will keep things moving. And that's, you know, that's the most important realization to have. Perfect, man. That's so great. Well, thank you so much for joining us at Carson. You're an inspiration. Thank you to everybody who's listening in. And I just, I want to give a huge shout out to everybody that's putting reviews out for this podcast. It helps us spread the word. And I think as we're talking about right now, the most important thing we can do is keep moving forward, bringing innovative ideas to the table. And I know the community that's forming around the Revenue Growth Podcast is doing just that. So until next week, and by the way, you'll want to subscribe because we have uh, some amazing guests coming up. You're going to be so excited. And I, I really hope that every week you're going to get actionable items that help you move forward. So until next week, as always, let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.